Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. I am here with a uh, an, an insane talent and a good friend, Chris Rank. Chris Rank is with Rank Studios. He is an absolute guru when it comes to video, videography, how to implement it into your company. You're not going to want to miss this. Chris has experience with Delta, Southwest, Chick-fil-A, GE, Coca-Cola, UPS. I could go on and on and on, um, but we're going to run out of time on the podcast. So um, without uh, further ado, Chris, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. This is going to be great. Well, I really do. I, I think I'm most excited because in this time, people don't really know what to do with video, you know, really how to shoot it, how to, how to use it, how it becomes an asset for the company. And I really hope you can share a lot of that with us today. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I have plenty of, of opinions. Uh, you know, some may be my own, some, some may be accurate, some may be inaccurate, but I think it could really, I think video is really crucial for augmenting your, your corporate story. Right. Well, I, I'm sure there aren't many people in the world that have done video wrong as much as you. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I, I mean that, I mean that uh, seriously, because, you know, I think we learn so much when we, when we do it wrong. And I know you've done it right many more than just probably anybody that walks on this earth. So Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. So, Hey, Chris, why don't you tell us how it all started? Like, how did you end up uh, where you are? Well, um, as a kid, my dad was a photographer. He was an architectural photographer. He did product photography. He did um, he he did corporate headshots. So so you could say that it's in my blood. You know, I I grew up in in that that environment where I watched my dad use a camera and I assisted my dad use it. You know, while he was shooting pictures. I mean, so I think when I was twelve years old is when I realized that I was going to be a photographer. That's pretty cool. So wait. Are, I don't want to date you. I mean, I do want to, anyway, I don't want to date your time, but let's go back to, um, is this all, this is all film. Are you like hand and dad, like yes, 35 millimeter yes. film? No, 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 no. It's four by five. So when you did an architectural interior shot of a building, it took probably a good five hours. You would show up at seven o'clock at night and you would set up the camera, figure out your angle, then you would have to go and color correct every single light in that room. So you would, I would have to get these gels that would make the color the same, no matter what kind of light it was. So the guy that colored the, the lights was me. So dad would, you know, be setting up the lights for the interior shot. And I would take these pieces of plastic that color corrected the light and wrap all the lights that were inside. I, I so, is all that done inside an iPhone now? Absolutely. Is that no, you do, not, you do not do that anymore. Like it is like I, during the pandemic, I was doing architectural photography, um, not video because nobody was talking. And so, or, you know, nobody was seeing each other. And so I was doing architectural photography interiors for, for a couple of local um, builders. And uh, it's unbelievable how different it is now. All right, well, let's get back. So now you're, you're literally doing color correction for dad and, mm -hmm. but, but now you're running a very successful videography company. So how did we get from there to the point A to point B? 
Oh, so just so you know, we, we do video as much as we do stills. Um, oh, yeah. we're, we're shifting to video because video is more and more in demand. It's more accessible. Um, it, it's kind of like four by five photography and 35 millimeter. It, it's the iPhone has really evened out the playing field for people to access photography and video. And I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast it's changed. Once the digital revolution hit, you know, it, it has really altered the landscape of, of what you can do, you know, and how you can communicate with your audiences. It's, it's unbelievable. So the answer to your question is, is I try to see the writing on the wall and try to shift my business strategy and try to shift the offerings that we provide to our clients. So back in the early 2000s, I realized that still photography, while very effective and still very useful and needed, um, we needed to shift more towards offering video. And to me, corporate storytelling is, is our fundamental core goal, right? So we want to tell the stories of your corporations and your businesses, you know, and, and, and so part of that has to be video. Okay. Okay. So you want me to keep well, then, yeah, let me ask you this <laughs> then. Like, for hours. No, that's good. Hey, I think people listening kind of will know this. We don't get to talk to experts like you all the time. So um, I guess, why don't we start with like, when still and when video do you want can you answer that question Oof. um in less than three minutes go ahead chris uh, <clears throat> when still when video I, I mean i think there's always going to be a place for still i think as the as as technology changes it gives more of an outlet for video and so video is becoming more needed and more necessary it's more holistic but there are these moments and there are these you know there are moments that you can capture with stills that last forever but videos tell a mo more holistic story i mean it, it, hopefully that answers the question yeah. but, but it, it really depends on the case it depends it's case by case really mm-hmm I do. I like that. I think there's an amazing art in being able to capture a picture, um, even doing it in a freeze frame, and then let the the viewer kind of make the the story. Right. Right. I think there's there's great. I think they both have their their place. I don't think we're going to end and just say okay, no more stills because right. I, I think people like letting their imagination do the best. All right. So if somebody was going to do video in their company, if they're a manufacturer listening or a service provider listening, what are some things they need to know before they start doing any video or any even photo shoots, Chris? What can you do to help them there? I mean, it's, it's just basic business. It's who's your audience? What do you wanna communicate? How do you wanna communicate it? How, how long do you, you know, want to communicate it for? Because most of the time, if you have a five minute video people are not going to watch it and you know it unless it's a short film so so you want to really really want to determine your messaging right you want to determine what it is that you want to accomplish what what are your goals who's your audience right so mm -hmm. the 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 better you know your audience the better that your video will be right no. so yeah, if you don't exactly. know your audience you can just make a video 
and it will do nothing. It will just sit there and people are like, well, why is it not doing anything? Well, you didn't give me, you didn't, we didn't narrow it down. We don't know who our audience is. We don't know what our message is. We don't know what we want the end product to be. That I love happens it. all the time. Oh my gosh, Chris, I, I think that's why we're friends is because it's a conversation you and I have a lot is like before any piece of communication goes out, really, it's like, we know this guy. It, it's easy to say, know your audience, know your audience, know your audience. I've worked for giant manufacturers similar to the same scale. And a lot of times they just want to tell them how amazing their benefits and features are, regardless to who the audience is. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, guys, look, you're trying to talk to a, 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 a designer that's trying to specify your stuff. What's their pain? What's their challenge, right? And I think when you start there, you're ahead of a lot of people. I think, yeah. I think the, the, the large companies I mentioned earlier in your intro are really lucky to have you on because you're probably pinning them down for, like a, for a specific audience for a specific project, aren't you? Yeah, and they're, they're very good. I, I think the companies I listed for the most part are very good about determining what it is they want to communicate. The other thing I wanted to talk about too is, is most companies know their product really well, right? But they don't know how, how to sell their product to the audience because they're speaking in their own world. They're speaking in their own language that they all understand. You know, we can until you have somebody who can translate it and bring it down to the real world, it's not going to speak to anybody. Does that, I mean, did that make sense to where 100%. like, yep. if you know your audience and you know how to, to capture your audience, then you can create the communication piece. Mm. So if we could, if, if we sort of obviously know the audience, know the pain point and then speak their language, well, speak to the audience's language. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I like that a lot. As you and I were kind of uh, talking even before we started recording, you and I are talking about, you know, uh, Kelvin temperature of lights in my studio. Right. And it, it, probably for 90% of the people listening to this podcast would be like, I don't really care about Kelvin temperature. Is it a warm light or is it a cool light? That's all we want to know. Yeah, and, but, it, it, but yeah. it's a problem because if, if you don't have your video color timed or your photo color timed, it changes the, it, it, it changes the outcome. So, so like for Delta, we don't just send them images right out of the camera. We tone them in a particular way so that it warms up the feel of it and you, it's inviting. So there's all these subtle I don't want to say tricks, but there's these subtle ways of communicating a message, even through color correction, even through like color correction is important. So like your flooring manufacturer wants the floor to look just like it's supposed to, mm -hmm. right? You're not buying, um, you know, a blue carpet, you're buying a brown carpet, right? So you, you want to communicate holistically. So it's not just the messaging. It's not just the script. It's not just what you shot, but it's how you, it's how you do it. This episode of the office marketing podcast is brought to you by fusion advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion advisory.com. Okay. Right. All right. So let's give like someone, all right. So if someone wants to record video, they're at their company and they're going back in their warehouse or they've got a product. Um, can they record something on their iPhone and, and publish it? I mean, sure. 
you can do whatever you want, but I mean, it depends on like, how, how do you want to get there? Do you want to take a, do you want to take a, um, uh, you know, a Pinto to California or do you want to take a Bentley to California? You, of you course. Know, hey, I'm asking, a, I'm, I'm asking an expert. It was a, such a loaded question because I think they're all right, Chris. I mean, I'm going to jump on you because I feel like there's benefit in sort of like the, um, the organic feel of someone just going back, taking a quick video on their iPhone. But if somebody wants that branding professional presentation, odds are you're gonna need something a little more than an iPhone, aren't you? I don't have a problem with iPhone video. I think, you know, Steven Soderbergh, who's a director, proved that you can make a feature film on an iPhone, right? So mm -hmm. it's a very powerful device. But if you don't know how to use the very powerful device, then you shouldn't, you should put it on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. You should put it on Twitter. You should put it on Facebook, but it shouldn't be a very forward facing piece of content. So you have customer facing and then you have internal, you can do an internal piece all day long on an iPhone customer facing. You better think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I like to divide it. Well, I like is it. external internal. I agree. If you're doing a, a, a product or, you know, showing off a service or something like that, and it is something that's going to be uh, more evergreen, you know, something that people are going to be able to come back to on a regular basis. That's, right. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that's where you cross over. You know, I've got some clients right now that are engaging uh, video and it's such a difference when it's really great. I, I beg people to do stuff on their iPhones, but it is next level stuff when, when professionals do it. But I mean, you could, you could do a really nice iPhone shot. Most people don't even know how to use the iPhone. Most people don't even realize that within the camera app, you can change your exposure settings. You can change the way it looks. You can, you can, you can do great photography with an iPhone. I mean, mm -hmm. it is I, definitely I, a thing. I can also put my car on manual and paddle shift, but I never do it. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how to use it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think yeah. uh, Bon Appetit magazine used an iPhone shot for the first time last year or two years ago. I don't remember what it was, but I mean, it is definitely it is definitely a doable thing. Okay. That's that's the I mean, you got this device that's way more powerful than you even have an idea about. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, let's get in. Let's let's talk a little bit about you because I think people get it. I think we covered a bunch of stuff. Um, I do want to know, do they, like, do they get it? I think, <laughs> I think they do. Hey, if you need to do a product shoot and you're doing something professional, something's going to be on the front of your website, get a pro. If it's something that you're, you're pumping out on social and you're trying to get tons of content out, do it on, you know, do it, do a lot of it and do it, uh, on, on your iPhone if you can, or have a professional create a ton of content and drip right. it out That's on a regular correct. basis. That's correct. Yes, I mean we could do a we could go in and do a shoot and and chop it up into thirty second bites and and you could easily throw that out there and mix it in with iPhone content. Mm. People want to see that high quality produced stuff. People also like to see you know off the cuff stuff. It's it's great. I love it. I like love it. It really and, is a whole new world. Yeah, and it does it. It's not like the cost of shooting um, Aquaman. I mean, yeah, you definitely can get this Aquaman, done. Of yeah. all the DC properties to. Point Aquaman is the one you're thinking I, of. You know what? I only it, it's got the big tall guy, the big tall handsome guy that I really like. Jason Momoa, yeah. Jason, yeah. my my daughter yeah. has a huge crush on Jason Momoa. If she listens to this podcast, uh, she'll be like, Dad, yeah. 
Yeah, you have three daughters too, so you know. I mean, I, I kind of have a crush on Jason Momoa. I mean, he's like obviously a rock star. So, um, well, Madeline's into Tom Holland, so she's a Marvel girl. Oh, okay. All right, good. He's 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 all right. Let's let's not go down that uh, rabbit hole. Um, but hey, tell us something about you. Uh, tell us tell us something that not everybody knows about Chris Rank. Uh, well, I mean, I I have been very close to Eric Robert Rudolph, the the bomber of the Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta. That's pretty quick, weird. Uh, I was the this is this where you want me to riff on it? You can, but what but but people don't know is you and I were both in the park that night. I was there too. I was on the other side. I was probably 800 meters away when when that bomb went off. So I wasn't in Centennial Park. I was in Sandy Springs the next day because oh. he blew up the abortion clinic here oh, yeah. in Sandy Springs. So oh, I forgot I'm, about that. Six o'clock in the morning, my house starts shaking. I hear this boom and my house shakes. And I jump out of bed, grab my cameras, listen for the police sirens, find the cops, follow the cops. They, they you know, it's a mile away from my house at the time. I'm there. I'm the first journalist on the scene. I, I worked for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution kind of on and off at that time. I was actually working for Sports Illustrated when you were, um, you were at, the, at the park, but that's another story. Um, and so I'm on scene taking photos and then, and then you know, CNN shows up, starts filming, and all of a sudden the, a second bomb goes off in Sandy Springs. And you see me throw my cameras and run away after the bomb goes off on yeah. CNN. You must be a human. Not my finest yeah, you, no, no, it is. It is. Um, you know what? There, there's fight or flight. And when it comes to bombs, I'm okay with flight. I think that's a good call, brother. I, I think yeah. that's the smart, that's the smart call. So let's roll Flat into this head. one. Yeah. Hey, right. So when it comes to positivity, how do you, you're, you're, you're a wonderful spirit. I love spending time with you. What do you do to keep your energy and your mindset so positive? So I pray every morning. I pray for my family. I pray for my kids. I pray for work. I pray for, for the world that we live in. I, I mean, I, I spend, a, we haven't talked about this before, but I do, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer and I actually try to try to walk around the neighborhood with, with a May, my wife and pray for the kids as well. So, I mean, I, I do think it's crucial to, to just kind of realign myself and, and focus on the things I think that matter. But you're not going to get any argument here. I, I think there's so much <laughs> there, there's, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm huge on gratitude and yeah. you know what, if people woke up every day and recognized, you know, whatever it is, whether it be their higher being or the universe or nature or whatever. And if, if everyone in this world woke up and said, I am so grateful for this next breath, I am grateful for my family. I'm grateful for, um, there's so many great things that follow. Um, yep. let's, let's, um, talk to me about a book. I can't wait to hear what book you want to share with us. Um, and don't say I don't read. So, um, I got it. <laughs> so, talk to you about a book that you love. So I, I, I mean, other than the Bible, which, you know, it's, that's very obvious, um, to me, that would be the answer, but I, I mean, there are so many books that I love. There, there's a book, um, called Godric by an author named Frederick Beekner, who I actually, um, photograph for one of his um book covers which is a huge moment for me I, I it was it was uh it was it's an amazing book people he was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize back in the 90s 
Um, another book that I really, really love, it's called Works of Love by Soren Kierkegaard. Um, that was, that was, it's a, it's a heady read. It's very dense. I loved it. Um, Lord of the Rings, you know, that's an obvious one that people love. Um, John Adams by David McCullough. All right. I'm going to pin you down. You're, you're stuck in an elevator for 10 hours, no digital devices, and you get to take one book in there with you. Which book are you taking? Man, I thought you were going to say like, I, I could bring like a jug to pee nope. in or something like nope, that. Nope, nope, nope. We'll I can't even pee in a jug. Only get book one jug. book. Oh, only get one gosh. book. Probably Lord of the Rings. Oh, cool. Okay, great choice. A little Tolstoy go, hanging out in there with you. Yeah, I'll take you. Tolstoy? Yeah, Dostoevsky. <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs> same thing, same thing. Tolkien, yeah. Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, yeah. they're all the same to me. Hey, uh, yeah. one time, I, I was thinking about that. It was making me think I, I backpacked back in college on the Appalachian Trail and I did meet a guy and he took like um, crime and punishment with him. Right. And and we were like, why That's crime like and a little punishment? light reading for the for the trail? Well, he even said this is early 90s. This is before the Internet. And he said, right. I would never find myself really wanting to read this um, in normal society. But if it's the only book I have, I know I'm going right. to read it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, have I you ever read Brothers Karamazov? I, I love it. All right. So, okay. Yeah. Last, last question. Um, I know you're a bourbon guy. Um, if you, if you could only, uh, if you could. No, have don't one. do this because I don't want to tell anybody what I drink because oh, then no, no, no. Buy it. You know, okay. it will turn okay. into like the big thing. That's what happened with Weller. I, okay. Well, you don't get to tell anybody. Then don't give away all your secrets. Um, okay. I did, I did sip to a little Blanton's last night by a fire, an outdoor fire with a dear friend of mine. And, um, all right, one, you, you only get one drink, one little, one pour, right? For the for next year. Is this in the elevator still? It, you know what? This isn't in the elevator, but you get one pour and it's all you're going to have. It's, it's all you're going to have is one little, one little pour for the rest of the year. It can only be one type of bourbon. What's it going to be? I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. Um, I mean, it's probably going to be Weller 107 Antique. Which one is that? What color is that? Oh, you're going to grab. <laughs> he's literally, if you're not watching this video, he's literally going to grab. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't tried that one. I will tell you last well, night. You haven't been over, have you? Well, last night when I had the Blantons, that was my other choice. I could either have that Weller or the Blantons, and I went with the Blantons. I'm not, I'm not, you can't say it out loud. People have to watch the video. Okay, good. Yeah. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see a little, a little tip. Okay, good. Exactly. Chris is sharing us some of his favorites. He is a, not only an insanely talented uh, photographer, videographer, great human being, a wonderful father, just an all around great guy. And, and really, Chris, thank you for taking time to share some of your wisdom. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and pick your brain on stuff, how would they do it? Um, they can go to my website and fill out the form and shoot me an email. It's chrisrank.com, C-H-R-I-S-R-A-N-K.com or Rank Studios, R-A-N-K-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. All right, we're going to put those in the show notes. So again, Chris, thank you or again, they brother. Can, they can and, send a carrier uh, pigeon. I, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mike. 
Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.